Hey, Paul, you're back. Well, I keep, I keep saying I got to stop saying that because you're a fixture now on the show. You are you are the co-host with me. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that I've been elevated to uh, fixture status. So I think that means I've I've earned my spot. Yeah, we're getting a lot of fans writing in saying that they um, they like the the new tone that you're bringing to the broadcast. So um, well, it's good to know but, we're getting support from our our audience. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that I have fans out there and that they approve of the job that I'm doing out here. So okay, I won't read the negative reviews. I'll just keep oh, the positive. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, now I'll read. We we don't listen to negative reviews. It's it's all good, right? That's right. All although all yeah. reviews are appreciated, uh, many are discarded if we don't believe them to be true. And the ones that are are positive and good, then we we like those and we believe those ones. So our first topic today is assholes. Are they born or made? And uh, when we're, we say we're talking that, about, we're, sorry, I just want to clarify. We're talking about people, right? Correct. Not the actual <laughs> rectal region. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, the people. Are they bo- assholes, jerks, um, difficult people? Are they born? Are they made? Um, then we're also going to talk about a new segment idea. I know we keep bringing new segment ideas. It's probably driving people crazy, the inconsistency. But we're going to do the Dead or Alive segment today where I'm going to name some celebrities, politicians, etc., and ask you whether you think they are dead or alive. All right. That sounds like fun. And of course... Not for the people that are dead, though, but fun for us, though, and hopefully uh, fun for our listeners. Well, yeah, they won't know they're they're dead, but they may be alive. So that's what's kind of fun about the segment. So they may... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's look at that, uh, and then then we'll end off on our strange, weird, wacky news, and I know you have something you you dug up for us. So why don't we get started? Why don't we get started? You had this um, topic of jerks or difficult people or assholes, as we said. And, oh, are they? Are they? I think what I understood is you. You want to dig a little bit into are are they naturally like that? Did they become like that? You know, what influences people for being an asshole? So why don't you why don't you walk us through what what your thinking was in bringing this topic today? Sure, I thought this would be. A fun, sort of a lighthearted topic, but also kind of relevant as well. So the question we're posing today is, why are some people assholes or, or jerks? And the reason I bring it up is because I think it's a topic that I think everybody can relate to. Everybody knows somebody who, at some point, you would say, yeah, that guy's an asshole. And the reason I bring it up is because... As I said, we've we've all encountered those types of people, and we I'm sure we've always asked this question: Man, was that guy a born asshole, or did he just develop into that over time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've all had past coworkers, well, maybe current coworkers for that matter, uh, maybe past or, or even current friends, people that you have to have a very high tolerance level for. Yeah, and I'm sure we've certainly have those people in our families. So how, let, let's talk about this. This in that, you know, are these were these people born assholes? In that, were they assholes when they were kids? Maybe. And yeah. I think about certain. Well, when I think about my son's circle of friends, he's got a few 
friends that I can say, yeah, that kid's an asshole. A seven-year-old. That's interesting. So bringing even like child assholes into the picture here. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as mentioned, if if you have a kid who's seven, eight, nine years old and he's an asshole at that age, is he going to grow out of that or does he become an asshole as he, you know, develops into adulthood? Right. And I know it's it's kind of a relevant topic because a lot has been in, in the news lately about, you hear more and more about road rage incidents, certainly here in Toronto. Uh, you know, one of the buzzwords we've heard a lot about is COVIDiots. Yes. You know, people, people breaking COVID quarantine, uh, people that were hoarding products. Uh, if, if you recall back in, I guess, late March when the whole... COVID scare hit everyone and the whole hoarding of toilet paper. Yes. And I, I talk about this because, you know, I've obviously witnessed this many, many times over, almost on a daily basis. One particular incident that kind of stuck out for me was, you know, at the height of, of the COVID, the, the pandemonium of, of people stockpiling toilet paper. I was in the uh, the local grocery store, my wife and I, and we saw a guy literally cleaned the shelf of all the remaining paper towel. I don't know if he was going to cut it in half and use it as toilet paper. Who knows? But it was mm. just one of those things where it's like, you know what? That right there is a truly selfish act. And it's like, was that guy, he's an asshole to me for what his actions are. Is he an asshole in real life? Maybe. Who mm. knows? Mm. So, yeah, I just wanted to get that, uh, get a conversation started about that. I, I've researched it. A little bit, and before I sort of get into the the facts and and some of the the nitty gritty details here, I just wanted to maybe first pose the question to you: what are your, what are your thoughts about that? We've we've talked about this a lot, and we've joked about it a lot about certain people that have a look of being an asshole. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so when you first mentioned this topic, a few things started running through my mind. Number one was nature versus nurture. Was it in their nature to just develop this way, similar to, say, a person who commits crimes. I mean, you could say that some people debate that criminals are, are, are born. Some say they're made by the various influences that happen in their life. I think assholes can be categorized in this same vein. I'll, I'll, I mean, many criminals are assholes, and assholes aren't necessarily criminals, but I think it's a very similar situation that how you... Well, first of all, I believe that it's it can be it can be a bit of both or it can be one or the other i believe that certain things that happen to people in childhood maybe even when they're still in the womb certain drugs or chemicals that they're getting into their bodies while they're before they're even born i think and we can we can get into that but i think if we're just looking at the topic of you know what makes people jerks or or assholes i believe that for the most part it's all about well, I believe that it's a few things. Number one, it's what's going on in their lives right now. Number two, how were they raised? Were they raised to be polite people with manners? What? How did they deal with stress as a kid? Or how did their parents help them or not help them deal with things that happened in their life that were maybe stressful or challenges that they had? So I think a big part of what makes an asshole an asshole is is how they were raised. Uh, I really believe that. And then also, 
how they deal what's going on in their lives and so the the thought that came out for me as you were talking was the whole phrase seek first to understand then to be understood it's a stephen covey thing from his seven habits that before we judge think about what might be going on in that person's life that's influencing them to be the way they are now when you meet people in chance circumstances, like on the subway, for instance, and they step on your foot or something and they don't apologize and they walk off and they never see them again, different story perhaps than the neighbor across the street who you see on a regular basis or a family member, as you said. There are family members, we all have them in our family that, or, or circle of friends to a certain degree that are jerks all the time and we, we see it when people at work. It's, all, it's a whole mixture of different things in in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I was doing a little bit of reading about this, and there is a, I guess, a funny, I wouldn't say, well, I guess a quotation within some of the material that I read. They're asking, is there a difference between being a temporary versus a certified asshole? (laughs) (laughs) So a, a temporary asshole would be what you talked about before, where someone might just be having a bad day, or maybe, you know, they've fallen on some, some tough times and they're just in a, in a bad frame of mind. And I, I understand that. But the, the impression or, or the optics to, you know, people around them, they come across as being assholes because people probably have very terrible self-awareness. How do you know if you're an asshole? It's not until someone comes out and says it or multiple people come out and say it. So picking up on your point there about, you know, are some people born that way? And the answer, it's debated amongst medical professionals, but many have argued that, yes, there is a genetic component, that people are predispositioned to behave badly and to be insensitive to others. So, for example, narcissism is an actual psychological disorder. Uh, as you know, narcissism, excessive need for admiration, disregard for others' feelings, inability to handle criticism, a sense of entitlement. I'm sure we've all met these types of people on many occasions throughout our professional and, and, and personal lives. Of course, yes. But does it make that right, though? If someone is a narcissist, is it right to say, ah, they're just a narcissist, it's okay, they're allowed to do that? You know, when you put aside other people's feelings or, or when you act, ex- I guess, extreme acts of selfishness, it doesn't make it right, though. I guess it all comes down to just being a good neighbor, a, a good human being. And I, I know it's very much open to interpretation, and I, we could get really caught up in the weeds here about you know, going down different rabbit holes in terms of, you know, clinical definitions of of assholes, or or I should say, I guess, the the medical definitions and and justifications for it. But I guess, uh, as mentioned, I just want to sort of focus in on on the the average everyday experiences that that we all encounter. You know, we've encountered, um, you know, bosses that have treat their employees badly, uh, people that in powers of position that would, let's say, victimize their subordinates. Uh, We hear a lot about bullies, and that can take on many different forms. We hear a lot about the cyberbullying that goes on. Yeah. 
And that's well, another bullies, part that's, of it. That's another thing too, right? A lot of bullies were bullied, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we could have a whole segment just on bullies alone. And bullies can be in many different forms and in many different ages. We, we tend to think about bullies as being in school, but it can be in adult life as well. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Like, for example, where I live, there's like a, I guess a, a Facebook page of, I guess, the neighbors within my particular area in which I live. When you read through some of these comments from grown men and women, public shaming and people being snitches, especially during the, the height of the, the COVID pandemonium, you really, times like that where you kind of saw the worst in people coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And social media is also a great venue, unfortunately, for people who feel they're protected behind this social media mm -hmm. kind of shield. Like, I try to use the filter now that would I say this? If this person was sitting in front of me, would I say this to them? But yeah. there's a whole, the anonymity factor. Some of these neighbors have never met one another. They just know that they live in the house six six doors down and they've seen them go into their car maybe in the morning to go to work and just make their own judgments based on that. Um, exactly. One thing I want to talk to you about, I think that's a whole, that's an interesting topic, just the, these social media pages, because we have them in our neighborhood back home. It got to the point where I, I just left the group, especially while I was here in Japan, because I just have, just don't want to be dragged down by the, by the bullshit, honestly, yeah. and the negativity. But the thing you mentioned earlier that I think is really key to this is self-awareness. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. having self-awareness is, is a major thing. And let's face it, I think we're not always going to be self-aware at all times. And I think that sometimes we don't realize we're being assholes. And it's important if you have a, a wife who is honest with you or you have a relationship with family members who will just come out and say, listen, something's going on. You know, you've been really a jerk for the last few months like anything going on that we can kind of talk about or that we that i can help you with um i guess that's more like in terms of an, an asshole that sort of starts becoming an asshole but having friends who can kind of point out things like that is is really important but more important is people that are willing to have things like that pointed out to them which not everyone is unfortunately why do we tolerate assholes? Like you mentioned friends who are assholes. So why do we tolerate these people? I mean, we're in our 40s now. Isn't life too short to tolerate assholes? I think a lot of it perhaps has to do with your own maturity, maybe your age. I believe that when you're a teenager or a younger person, I think you're always looking for, um, I guess, trying to build your confidence and that you always want to be popular amongst your friends. Yeah. It's not until you, you get past the age of 40 where you take the attitude, I just don't give a damn anymore. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, I think you reach an age where it's like, okay, that person has just way too much negative energy and I, I just can't subject myself to that any longer. And I know from personal experience, there's been people in my life, friends and and so forth that, well, I wouldn't say f close friends, but acquaintances that I just felt that they were just 
negative, a, a drain, people that just really brought you down. And the, and they were, I suppose, difficult people to be around. So how did you deal with and those guys or those girls? You just kind of separate them out of your life. You just kind of... Ghosted? Push, did you ghost them? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you, you just push away a little bit and, and try to distance yourself from those individuals. Have you ever had somebody uh, that you've done that to come back and say, hey, man, I noticed you haven't called me in a while or you don't send me notes or texts anymore? Like, uh, anything going on? Like, do you ever had anyone circle back and ask you, like, hey, what's up? A little bit. A little bit. But not nothing that was... Do you tell them? You know, or n- do you, nothing that was too awkward. What do you do? You tell them about it or... I, I haven't, and that's not to say that maybe I should have maybe have spoken up. You know, only a real asshole wouldn't tell someone they're, they're <laughs> yeah, an asshole. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're an asshole, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, you, you do pose a good question. Should we speak up? Should we should we call people out on their crap? Should we say, hey, that's unacceptable behavior? Maybe I, we don't do enough of that. I have... I think you've maybe heard me use the phrase before that I have friends who fall into the get me out of a Mexican jail at 3 a.m. friends. Yes. Yeah. I love that expression. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you should explain what that means because I'm basically in a nutshell. What I mean by that is that there are friends out there who would do anything to help you if you were in trouble. And the f- most of the friends that I have in that category are also really nice people too. Um, but I have used that filter before when it comes to, do I want to continue having these people in my life? And either they're negative or they're just maybe not the friendliest. I'd say more along the lines of maybe they're negative people that have a negative energy to them sometimes or a lot of the time, I throw that filter up. I will ask, if you were stuck in a Mexican jail, you got arrested in Tijuana, and you're in jail, you've got, maybe they give you one phone call, and you've got one person who you know is available, do you call that person? Like, who's in your friend list? Who could I call? Everyone should do this. Ask themselves, who, if I was in a heap of trouble would come to my rescue, no, even under a no questions asked kind of basis, that is a great way to analyze who your real friends are. So I had one particular friend, I would say that he's somewhat negative at times. And I've, you know, questioned whether this is a friend I want to continue being friends with just because of the negativity. But I know this guy has my back. He's a good person deep down. And I think some of the reasons he may be an asshole is just for things that maybe are going on in his life or that are just happening. And I just don't feel I want to cut people like him out of my life. And that's, that's a great point that you raise. And I, in this entire conversation, I don't want to come across as if we're sounding very sort of superficial or insensitive to individuals, personal struggles. Yeah. But you raise a good point where, yes, there are some people that can be prickly that can rub you the wrong way or can be a little rougher on the edges. But deep down, you know that they are good people. Someone that will have your back when deep down they have a harder goal, they're going to, they're, they're there for you. And that's, that's a great measuring stick to be able to determine 
does someone fall into which category? Mm-hmm. And I think what we're talking about here is is people that are just bad people. In that, if there's individuals that it's you're you're struggling to find something good to say about these individuals. And I know it may sound a little extreme, but if we sort of stop and think about some of the individuals we've dealt with in the past, as I said, past co-workers or whatever, some of those people are very hard to find good things to say about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they just have a knack of just rubbing you the wrong way, and you don't derive any enjoyment from being around those people. So why string someone along thinking that, well, they're not that bad of a guy? But deep down, you know that you just don't enjoy spending time with them. Why why kid yourself? Why, why string that along hoping that individuals are going to change? Well, sometimes it can be a challenge where, let's say you are friends with a, like a couple, and the, you're really friends with one of the people who is in the couple. Like maybe you're friends with the husband, but the wife is just a really difficult and mean-spirited person or an asshole, uh, or vice versa. You know, you like the yeah. the female side of the, the couple or if it's the same sex well it doesn't matter but i'm saying one side of the couple is the one you're really friends with and enjoy being with that can be very challenging is tolerating i think in those cases you kind of tolerate the other person and maybe find ways to hang out with just the one person if you can yeah and that's a great point as well i think we've all we probably have been in those situations where I don't know if you would outwardly dislike an individual, but yeah, I'm sure there's individuals that, you know, and we we should sort of clarify here in that, yes, there may be individuals that you may not have as much in common with and may not have a connection with, but it's another thing if that person is just downright rude or an unpleasant person to be around, in which case, you're absolutely right, it could make it very difficult to be around a couple, knowing that one of the individuals is a very difficult individual that you really don't enjoy being around, but you do it anyway, or you do it as an accommodation to your spouse who wants to be with them or whatever. So yeah, there's a lot of tricky situations here, and I think everyone's perception or outlook on dealing with assholes and jerks is going to vary across the board. They said some people are very open with their feelings and, and you know, we'll, we'll call them out. They, they don't have a filter and maybe that's a good thing. For me personally, I probably keep my mouth shut and that might allow that, those individuals to continue on their, their ways. But in any event, you know, I think this is something that we can all agree that uh, we've all dealt with our fair share of assholes in life. And we probably will continue to deal with them as we go forward. Well, I, I'd really like to tackle the childhood asshole topic at some point. I think we can save that one for a different time because I think there's a lot there we could go through is, you know, why are these kids assholes? What do you do about them if you have one in your house? Um, if your kids are friends with one, there's a whole bunch of stuff we could do on on that topic. So let's come back to that one. But I'd say for me, final comments on this. I'm getting older. I'm starting to put stakes in the ground as far as what I will tolerate and not tolerate. I want to f- be around positive people. 
I've I've definitely pushed negative people out of my life before. I can think of one just that comes to mind is just too negative and I just couldn't tolerate it anymore. And I just kind of said, look, I, I'm out. Yeah, sometimes you have to make those difficult decisions and, and move forward and, and decide who do you want to spend your time with. Just try to minimize the exposures to, to assholes. If people are being assholes, maybe we should speak up and, and call them out on it. So my product or service today is the Uniball, Uniball Signo DX. It's a disposable pen made by Mitsubishi Pencil Company. These are not expensive. They're about $2 each or something like that. And I bought a 10-pack just recently because I love them so much. And also my Rodia notebook. That's this guy right here. The Rodia Notebook, which is made in France, or it's a French paper company anyway. And when you combine the Signo Uniball DX and the Rodia pen, it's like magic. So, life's too short for Excellent. shitty pens All and right. paper. Good. That's, that's good advice. We're full of advice today, aren't we? So, my product that I want to talk about today is my Nutri Ninja Pro Blender. The the Ninja Blender. <clears throat> and those, uh, you can get them, Canadian Tire, HomeSense, most, most retailers. I love this blender. It is awesome. I used to have, um, I used to have a smaller one, which, which really did not do a, a very good job at all. My Ninja Blender, I use it religiously. My wife and I make our, our fruit smoothie shakes every morning. And it does an excellent job of, of you know, cutting and, and mixing. You can put uh, frozen fruit in there and it'll, it'll mulch it up. And, you know, when you turn it on, it sounds like a jet engine. Mm. So it could be a, a little annoying, but hey. So it it's does loud it a, when it's running. It, it's, it's a bit loud, but it does a fantastic job. So I, it's one of those products that it's a little bit more than a typical blender, but Trust me, I've used this thing every single day, and it's a great product. I highly recommend it. And because of that, because of having the proper tools, it allows you to, to eat healthier, being able to use a proper blender to create uh, to create fruit shakes, right? your smoothie shakes in the morning, something healthy, get your fruits into you. All right. So you use it for smoothies, like smoothies or? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So having the right kitchen kitchen equipment makes a huge difference. So it does. I, I stand by it. I it's money well spent as far as I'm concerned. Good tools are so important and again life is too short for shitty tools. All right, we're moving into our new segment idea, dead or alive where I am going to name some celebrities or famous people or politicians and get uh, you to tell me whether you think they are dead or alive. Okay. I feel like I'm a game show contestant. Mark David Chapman. Mark David Chapman. Wasn't he the guy that assassinated John Lennon? Correct. Is that correct? Okay. Is he alive or is he dead? <clears throat> hmm. I'm going to go with alive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with alive on that one. You are correct. He is alive. All he right, is alive. Cool. 
I did not know when I saw the name. I was curious, so I had to check. Yes, Mark David Chapman is unfortunately alive and well. Yes. Yeah. Next up, James Lipton. Now, him, I know he's dead. And I remember reading about him passing away a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's a recently departed person. He hosted Inside the Actors Studio, I think was the name of his show. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. Very good good interviewer. He is someone that, if anyone is looking to get get advice or get influenced by in terms of interviewing, I highly recommend James Lipton. Just watch some James Lipton interviews. He's just so good, just so good at letting people just talk. Okay, so this one's kind of in your ballpark because I know you like history and, and politics. Mikhail Gorbachev. I think he's alive. I haven't heard about I haven't heard of Mikhail Gorbachev in the news in a very long time. And I would think that being a former world leader, I think if he were to pass away, he would definitely make the news headlines. Well that's so that's gonna, actually part of this whole thing is sometimes when you haven't heard about these guys in a long time, that to me stirs that maybe they are dead. Maybe that's why I haven't heard from them. But you are correct. Mikhail Gorbachev is still alive. Or or people that you hear had died and then it's like, oh, geez, I thought they died years ago. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I was going with with some of these. Yeah. um, Yeah. Okay, next. Dr. Ruth. Hmm. I guess I'll go with alive. I don't really know, but I said it's, it's a it's a hunch. I'll go with alive. Doctor Ruth, famous sex doctor, sex therapist, is still alive. Oh, she is okay. Yeah, All I right. think she's like ninety five or something like that. Yeah. All right, a couple more. Uh, little Richard. Uh, little Richard, he, he's dead. He, didn't he die about a month or so ago? Yeah, he's also another person to recently depart. So he is dead. Um, Jim Baker, famous televangelist. Hmm. Oh, um, let's go with dead on him. He is alive. That's your first one you got wrong. Okay, first one wrong. Okay. Well, he'd be one of those guys that because I haven't heard anything about him, I, my assumption would be that he had probably died. Yeah. And because he was obviously more famous in the States, his his death likely may not make the headlines here in Canada. So it was a hunch. Okay, a couple more and then we'll move on. Mel Brooks. I think he's alive. He is alive, uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay. He's got to be getting up there in age. Yeah. And, okay, one more. Angela Lansbury. Uh, she would be alive. She is alive. Famous yeah. actress. Did uh, Murder, She Wrote, she was known for. And we, we, I think most people will know Mel Brooks earlier. I didn't explain who Mel Brooks was, but famous director and... Uh, comedian writer and did all kinds of amazing stuff uh, but haven't really seen him around too too much recently no no yeah he's yeah as i said he's got to be getting up there probably in his 90s and i know that angela lansbury she's got to be pushing 90 as well yeah she's actually uh one of my one of my mother's favorites so if the day that angela lansbury passes away my mother would be very sad 
that's good. You did very well. I think you only got one yeah. one wrong there. Um, right. But I wanted to bring some light on this whole celebrity, what they call celebrity death pool. So I was looking at a website. I'll share it after in the show links. But they have a ranking from one to, I don't think it goes into like the hundreds of different celebrities out there. And I was I was thinking it would be interesting to share some of the people like in the top 10 list. So okay. number 10 was Kirk Douglas, but he has since passed away. So he actually was in right. this, he was in this death pool as the number, number 10. Yeah. Um, and the, the, by the way, the death pool is not just old people listed here. There are, there are young people, maybe some who have a, maybe their lifestyles are a little bit, you know, risky or they're kind of known to be kind of crazy people and maybe mixed into the drugs and things like that but most of the people in the top 10 are like here's one guy I, again we're going to show our absolute lack of knowledge of pop culture but number two on this list is a guy named six nine uh he's a rapper oh no sorry he's yeah it looks like he's a rapper six the number six ix and then number nine, I N E. So he's got, and he's age twenty three. He is in the number hmm. two uh, most likely to die based on this ranking. Wow. And as we had well, on our Nipsey Hustle conversation from last yeah. week, the <laughs> yeah. rappers unfortunately tend to be in this category of um, premature deaths, and most of them unfortunately mm. get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had never heard of six nine. So yeah, you, you've you've educated me on the the number two person on the on the death pool, but interestingly, number one on the list is not somebody who's all that old, uh, but has been in the news a lot recently. And um, I don't I don't think I'll even bother getting you to guess. But uh, number one is Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I could that one. I definitely could believe. Either he gets murdered in prison. Um, I remember seeing the video footage of him during his trial, and he looked very ill. I don't know if that was staged or not, but if it is legit, yeah, he did not look good at all. No, I, I so wondered that I'm, too. I'm, he does look like it. Yeah. I think it is partly staged. Just he's such an asshole that guy. Yeah. So, oh, he he fits our asshole criteria, right? Yes, absolutely. He, <laughs> yes, and I sure. don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Even with all the stuff that came to light, I think he was kind of known to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, mentioned- it's one of those things. Well, I was going to say it's one of those things. Getting back to to six nine, you know, you're in a dangerous line of work, or or you're you're pushing the wrong buttons when you're number two on the list and you're only twenty three years old. I was going to say, was that one of the most <laughs> hazardous jobs? You know, you have police officers, yeah. you have rappers, like ending up in like probably the world's most dangerous job lists. Yeah, yeah. If I was on your death pool list, I'd be a little concerned. Couple other names, just for interest's sake. Uh, number sure. three, we before we started recording, you mentioned Prince Philip. He is on the list. He's the number three most likely yep. to die. Um, Bill Cosby, number four. Yeah, Bill Cosby for sure. I know he's in poor health, and he's, he's eighty-two. Well into his 80s. 82, eighty-two, which you know, is not that old, but you know, given. His uh, indiscretions, I would not be surprised if something were to happen to him. 
in yeah, in and the prison. stress levels these guys are good. Like I could see a Harvey Weinstein. He's probably in that. I mean, who knows? He puts on a front anyway. But yeah. the amount of stress that's going on in these people's lives, being in and out of jail yeah. or being in waiting yeah. for trials and all that. Yeah, it should be noted that uh, Prince Philip turned ninety nine today. Yes, happy so, birthday yeah. for Prince Philip. Yeah, yeah, ninety nine. Wow, that's 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 getting up there. <laughs> but you know, he looks good for someone who's ninety nine. They showed a picture, a recent photo of him, and for ninety nine years old, he looked okay. Yeah, it's amazing. Woody Allen, number eight. He's eighty four. Okay. All right. Roman Polanski, he could almost fall into that, are they still alive or are they dead lists? He's 86, yeah. and he's the sixth most likely, according to this death pool, to, to go. Okay. And it looks like they rank it based on up or down arrows, because so, it's not necessarily the ones with the most votes that get up to the top. It looks like the, there's probably a combination of up and down votes that that factor in here, but... Uh, Dick Cheney, number five. Yeah, I know he's had some health issues. Don't see him much uh, these days. No, exactly. Um, And then, yeah, uh, well, Bob Barker, number 11 on the list, and he's Mm -hmm. 96, so he's also, I'm sure. Wow, 96. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah. 96, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of these are are tied into uh, age and perhaps health issues you know, the, the line of work but you know here's hoping that 6-9 can turn things around and get himself off that list right alright let's go with your news story what do you got there okay so I found an interesting story here the headline and I should point out this is Huffington Post again I always like to footnote where I got these uh, yes. where my source is for this information good to do so the headline reads Man faked wife's disappearance so she'd avoid prison. Yeah, Rodney and Julie Wheeler allegedly pretended she plummeted from an overlook so she could avoid being sentenced on a charge of federal health care fraud later this month. And this is a story coming out of West Virginia. So we got some, uh, some well, I have the photos here of these individuals and they look like they're, uh, you know, rednecks. But okay. I'm just going <laughs> to... Not, not not to you know. Oh, you're not judging. Not, not, yeah, not not to label or not to judge, but yeah, what the hell? I'm going to do it anyway. So, a West Virginia woman and her husband faked her disappearance by pretending she plummeted from an overlook, as as mentioned, as part of a scheme of keeping her out of prison. Yeah, the family claimed that Julie Wheeler had fallen from a main overlook of of a river. Oh, so there's a river down below? Because I was going to say, isn't that kind of stupid? Well, can they just go look for her? And if she's not there, then she's probably not dead? Yeah, so this was, they said she, she fell from a main overlook of the New River Gorge National River Park in West Virginia. And I believe I've actually driven over this bridge, and it's a very, very tall bridge. So trust me, if you were to fall from this bridge, there aren't gonna, there won't be much left of you. Right. Anyway... Uh, but is it a river below that could carry you away so that there is some chance that uh, you could have disappeared? Or, or would it be, you know, get somebody down there and they could find the body? You would think that they would be able to find the body. So it goes on to say that authorities searched for Julie Wheeler for days, but found her Tuesday alive and well, hiding in a closet at home. My God. God. <laughs> Does it say anything like how that happened in terms of, like, 
the, the police knocked on the door and then they said, we believe she's in here. We're going to search for her. Like, how do they find her in a closet? Yeah, I didn't really give a lot of information on how the police found her. It says, a uh, criminal complaint against the husband and the son. They said, uh, supposedly planted items at the Grandview Overlook to fake Julie Wheeler's disappearance. So I guess they put some of her personal belongings down there to, to give the impression that she had fallen to her death. But when you don't have a body... Yeah, that makes no sense. A, that's a Darwin Award in the making right yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what was she expecting? That she'd have to hide in her closet for until the end of time? Yeah, <laughs> I suspect these people, while they probably put a lot of thought into how to scam the system in terms yeah. of the whatever she was doing there to that she wanted to you know get away from because people were trying to to go after her for these this fraud or whatever they yeah. don't necessarily put a lot of thought into faking their deaths it's a yeah. not as easy to do as that's why there's things like witness protection programs which spend a lot of time resources to actually make people disappear yeah. Actually, I, I have to mention this. There is actually a service in Japan, and they call it evaporation. And it is for people who are sh ashamed about something that's happened in their lives, like they lost their job or they got a divorce. It's a real... There's a lot of judgment in Japanese culture around things like divorce and losing your job. and So, they, there is a service that... Uh, I can find the link to it because someone sent this to me a couple years ago. It's a service that helps you disappear, kind of like into witness protection. And I think it can be, depending on how much you want to pay, it can be as complex as they give you a new identity, you go to a new town, or uh, you, you just get like a whole new identity, like witness protection... Or they give you a place where you can just hide. My understanding of it is the living conditions for some of these things can be quite disturbing. Like you're basically, it's like almost like a dog kennel or something where you just live in like a, a little cell and it's just a way to hide from the world. And I guess somebody on the other end of it makes, puts paperwork together that like a death certificate or something like that. But yeah, very sad sort of thing but these services at least here in japan actually exist that's actually kind of a really interesting concept because i would figure if you're running from the law then that's a whole different story in itself but people can find themselves in very troubling situations perhaps they're trying to escape from an abusive spouse or whatever their reason might be it could be tons of different reasons and it's not for us to, to judge but you figure there would be quite a market for that the number of people that want to start over again and would probably welcome that that change to to have complete anonymity to have a, a brand new um, change of, of name and, and address and uh, appearance if i'm thinking about this more and more and i'm actually surprised that it's you don't hear about it more in north america Maybe there is some in North America that, that offer that service. Not that yeah. I'm looking for it, by any means. <laughs> no, but, I mean, certainly yeah. in the Japanese culture, it is something that people do look for and, and want. Yeah. And so, it would be interesting to know whether or not this is something that you can do in Western countries. 
Hey, if you become self-aware that you're an asshole, you might want to run away from the world. Who knows? There you go. Yeah. All right, man. We are, uh, I think, out of time. But um, good topics, enjoyable as always. And we always invite feedback from our audience. If you go into the show notes, you can find our contact information. And uh, we'll be back in uh, a week or so. Yeah, have a good week. Stay safe. Wash those hands. <laughs>